Chuck Shoot Podcast. Very excited today. I have another uh, guest who's in studio live with me here. Um, my guest today, he has shared a stage with uh, some great bands, Journey, the Foo Fighters, In Excess, Train, many, many more. He does over 300 shows a year. He's known as the Marathon Musician, uh, which I'm going to explain. We'll get into that, I'm sure. Uh, please welcome Lee Pereira. Lee, hey, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thank you Did for I say me. your name right? I practiced it many times. You did. Okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool, very cool. So how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. You got uh, 300 shows a year, and you're doing, and two of them are today. You're doing two in one day, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, you're the meat in this relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to being the meat, so yeah, that's great, in the sandwich. Um, so this is interesting. I, I know that you, uh, you grew up with a single mom. Mm -hmm. uh, that part is, okay, that's kind of interesting, but yeah, there's a lot of people that have a single mom, but the part that was interesting to me is that she was really into 80s hair rock. So yeah. are you a fan of 80s hair rock? And if so, which bands? Because I love butt rock or hair rock or hair metal or whatever you call um, it. Yeah, man. I, I grew up uh, flipping through Metal Edge magazine. <gasps> I uh, love Metal Edge. Yeah. Jerry Miller and all yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Um, I had, you know, Slash on my wall. and um, So I grew up with, with music and guitar music, really, is yeah. what that was. Um, so my mom really dug on, on uh, she also liked David Bowie. Mm. Um, so like if you throw all that together, she was lots of Aquanet. Uh, so, <laughs> Definitely. Um, it was the eighties. Yeah, it was, right, it yeah. was, but she kind of liked the pretty boys. Oh, so, sure. so me personally, I like the guns and roses, the Motley Crue, the yeah. faster pussycat, the LA guns, like the more like, yeah. like straight rock and roll. Sleazier kind of. Yeah. 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 A little heavier. A little, little heavier. Okay. Yeah, Very yeah. cool. And then what, and so there are other early influences. So, because you don't sound like uh, LA Guns and Faster Pussycat no, now, so, no. <laughs> uh, so, so it was that with my mom, yeah, um, and then my grandfather was the only other musical influence, and that was classical music. Oh, so it was very diverse. That's but, a very but eclectic. That was it. Yeah, and they, they both hated country, so you know that was it. And then for me growing up, it, it was the '90s era, so the Nirvana, the Soundgarden, like that became my music. Right. Yeah, and I know that very well, living in Seattle. So. Oh yes, of course, <laughs> of course. But so what did you do for the first, did you play any music? Because you didn't start playing guitar until you were 12. Correct. So did you, did you take uh, any music lessons or piano or anything? For, or did you just not even really start to try to play an instrument until 12? Um, I, I always wanted to. So like when I was a kid, uh, I, was a I wanted to be a cowboy when I was like elementary school. That was it. I want to ride bulls. I don't know why. That's awesome. And That's then, every kid wants to be a cowboy or a cop, right? Yeah. G.I. Joe. Yeah. And so... Um, but then after that is music. So so for a very long time, I've wanted music. And back then, they didn't even have guitars that were smaller. Mm -hmm. So I really, you know, pride on my mom. My mom took me to a guitar store, and they put a guitar in my hand. And it was too long. You know, mm -hmm. I literally could like almost. You know, and I wanted yeah. it so bad. You know, and then a couple of years went by, and um, you know, our life was kind of up and down. And my grandparents got me a male ordered guitar, like from a catalog. Okay. Um, it, it's called the Terminator. It has a speaker built in the guitar, and it runs on a 9-volt battery. Was it sponsored by Arnold Schwarzenegger or no, something? Did it, no, did it, it have, was, like, you push a button, and it <laughs> says, like, lines from his movies? Like, I'll be back. No, no. Uh, and uh, and that was my introduction. I didn't know what to do with it. Hmm. And then when I was 12 and in middle school, uh, I met some kids who played guitar. And uh, one day they were like, hey, man, uh, you know uh, tablature? I'm like, no, what's that? They're like the six string, hit oh, yeah. it open, and I'm like, well, which one's the six? You know, <laughs> and, and, they, and yeah. they they taught me Iron Man, and that's awesome. Yeah, because like back then I I put, took guitar for a couple of years. I, I suck, but um, 
But yeah, you had to buy the tablature books. Now I think you can just go online and you can get tablature for any song, I'm sure. Yep. So, but yep. yeah, those were expensive too. They were. Yeah. But so then, and then you didn't really start singing until you were age 17. And that's kind of when you were in the Pearl Jam and Nirvana stuff. Yeah. And uh, I was into the Pearl Jam and Nirvana stuff, Chili Peppers stuff when I first started playing at 12. Mm-hmm. Um, when I moved out to Arizona when I was 15. And at 17... From Long Beach, right? That's where you originally from. Yeah. And at 17, I, I met some musicians who were about like 24, 25. I uh, was in a band just playing guitar for them. They had a singer, and um, we did our thing. And that fell, fell apart. And then I went back to those guys, minus the singer. And at 19, I really started singing. And like, I, I was far from good. You mm-hmm. know, like, I, I just always wanted to. And in that previous band, you know, I would try to, like, sing backup. You mm. know? And they would be like... Hey man, <laughs> and and rightfully so though. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I, I no, it's harder than it. Lo- I mean, because I'm, I had that guy in last week, and I I said, oh, I'm gonna sing backup on one of your songs because I know it, and I was like, I'll sing the backup vocals, and it, I butchered it, man. It, it's tough. It's it's harder than it. I mean, you you could sing it in the shower or your car, but that's different than actually doing it. And so, yeah, I mean, but your voice sounds really good now. I mean, you you've totally taken over as lead vocalist. It's been it's been a process. Like I rem- I can remember some of the first times when someone came, you know, because for years people come up and be like, man, you're a great guitar player, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember when it started shifting, people would come up and say, man, you're a great vocalist. You sound so weird. And I, it, it made me feel weird at first. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, like, oh, th- like, thank you. Oh, okay. <laughs> so originally though you weren't, so you just had to like practice and, and just kind of get it down then. I, I'm not Mozart. I'm not Mariah Carey. I wasn't um, blessed with a gift of talent. I was blessed with a gift of drive. You definitely have that, yeah. So, and then did you, you went to Phoenix College, uh, that was around age 26? And that changed my life. Yeah, so tell me about that. What did you learn from, because I feel like it's hard to teach people, I mean, I have a couple of friends who are music teachers, but it's hard to teach, like you said, the talent. I mean, so if you if you have the drive, you can just, you learn those skills and practice them, or what did they teach you at the college? Um, more than anything, they, they, they taught me what it was to be a professional. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at that time, uh, I was in a band called Isle of Essence um, for about nine years in town. That was the band I started when I first started singing. Mm-hmm. Um, and as that band kind of fell apart, but also, like, we put out some records. We did some regional tours. You know, I thought I was hot stuff. And I was like, man, I'm doing my thing. And I feel great, you know. And then when that all fell apart, I fell apart. Mm. Um, and I didn't know what to do. And then, you know, through a, a few different twists and turns, college came to my life. I went to become a music major. I went there for two years. And at that time, you know, uh, flip-flops, jeans, T-shirt, paper boy hat every day of my life, and, you know, living the dream. Um, and I got there, and they're like, cool, when you come do juries at the end of semester, you need to have a suit on, and you need to have some shoes. I, I, I literally pushed back. I was like, what, you know? And um, But over those two years, all those professors, all those people, they changed my life. They, they taught me to um, treat the gig I have like the gig I want so you know if I'm gonna go there I'm gonna maybe dress a little bit nicer than the gig requires uh-huh. and uh, start a little bit early or stay a little bit late or you know, make sure I'm friendly to the staff and like you know all these things matter as much as the music you know uh-huh. if you don't connect with the people then w- what is it for absolutely like you won't get called back to a bar or a club if you're rude to the staff or you're late or drunk yeah. or whatever so yeah dude yeah well I noticed that too that is something that's I was gonna ask you about that about because you always uh, all the pictures that I've seen you uh, performing, you're always wearing like 
basically like a suit almost, right? I mean, you don't have a tie, but like you dress nice, like you you dress formal for the most part. Um, during the summertime, I get a little lax. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, hauling gear in and out gets real sweaty, but right. I, I try to, you know, because I do think it makes a difference. Yeah. You know, dress for the job that you want. Yeah, you know? and well, I think it makes sense too on where you're playing, like because you're playing at a lot of nicer. Pl- I mean, I looked at your calendar and you, you're at like these like really nice resorts. I mean, even Cashmere's is a it's yeah. more upscale bar, Scottsdale, kind mm-hmm. of like a fancy wine bar. So you're playing these nice places so you don't want to go in there in like a metallica shirt tank top or something like that might not fit the venue exactly and you're trying to create something that you want people like to people need to see it so you Uh know if if you're in a metallica t-shirt they're probably not going to picture you playing their corporate event but if you're dressed nice and they dig you they're like man we we got this thing coming up in six weeks i think you might be good for that Uh you know Uh you have to show people yeah no it's like you're really uh uh, explaining the business side of that. Cause that's why I think a lot of people don't understand there's, it's a music business. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you could be really talented, but you know, if you're an asshole, like, you know, and there's all those stories, there's so many stories of people with so much talent mm-hmm. that didn't maybe go as far as they should because of all these other things that get in the way. So, so, and you, now you do originals and you do covers. So explain how that works with a gig. Like if they book you, do they book you for covers only originals only or is there some that you can do kind of mixed or do you, do you negotiate that you say like it's a covers gig but can i do two originals or how's that work um one you know when i go into a place i'm their employee so you know if you pay 25 dollars to see me at the van buren or something like that i'm going to play my music i'm going to do my thing you know okay but wherever i am basically i'm serving you know, I, I'm here to to create the environment that this establishment wants, and they're paying me good money to do that, and, mm-hmm. and I'm super grateful for that. Um, now, to answer your question, though, uh, I've when I first started, I would just only play covers. Mm-hmm. I didn't think my originals fit that vibe. Sure. I've been doing this for a living now for 10 years, and over those 10 years, I've written a lot of songs, and I have songs. 100, I think? Is that yeah, I, well, I have over 100 songs that aren't even recorded yet. Oh, um, and you know 300 covers. Yeah, I know yeah. over 300 covers. That's a lot. So so in that, like, you know, I might play Niles Barkley Crazy, like my bluesy, funky version of it. Yeah. And then right after that, I might play a newer song I just wrote called Bonafide that is the same type of vibe. Okay. You know, so, um, and then I always make sure at the very least I'm doing one for one is what I call it. Yeah, And, okay. and all these musicians uh, that know me know I do this. Where, like, I'm going to play you a song that you really dig on you know, the crowd's going to like and everybody's going to know and have a great time. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, and then I may, depending on the vibe, I may play one for me. I may play an original. I may play an obscure cover that I yeah. really like for, okay. my, for my soul. Yeah, yeah, And then after that, I go right back to sure. something they know. And I'm, but I'm still creating the same okay. vibe, whether or not they know it or not. Yeah, yeah. So I've that's something that. i old people dance to Drake yeah, yeah. before. To what? <laughs> to Drake. Yeah. <laughs> and they, I guarantee yeah. they don't know it's Drake. Yeah. No, but they know your style. And so, I mean, there's flexibility there. It's there not, is. it's not the venues are usually not saying covers only and no originals. I mean, they kind of know what they're getting when they hire you. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, I'm doing my best to be aware of what's appropriate, mm-hmm. you know? So there, there are gigs where I don't play any covers. Yeah. Or I don't, I'm sorry. There are gigs. I don't play any originals. Okay. And then there's gigs where I might go 50, 50 or, or you mean, or maybe right. 25, 75, depending, you know? So it just yeah. de- really depends. Another thing I, ne- I think maybe four times in the last eight years, I've had a set list. Like I don't, I don't like <laughs> set lists. 
because so you just fly by the seat of your pants. Yeah, you know. Okay. When cool. I when I when I sat in with buddy guy, mm-hmm. I got up on stage, I turned a keys player, and I say, "Hey man, what what key is this next song gonna be in?" You know, like oh I, yeah, I'm about to sit in, and the guy just go, "Oh man," but we we don't know. Buddy just plays, and, we, and then we just pl- play with him, <laughs> and I was like. Shit. Yeah. Man. Like, right. Oh man. No, so let's talk about that. So you got the jam on. Not only, I mean, when I talk about share the stage, usually I mean like you're open for uh, mm-hmm. somebody, but you actually got to jam on literally on the same stage at the same time with Buddy Guy. Um, it kind of, and I watched the video of this. It, it kind of, the, I love these kind of guitar battles. It kind of reminds me of the movie uh, with Ralph Macchio, Crossroads. Crossroads. Yes, you ever seen that movie? Of course, of love course. that movie. He goes into that blues Steve bar. Vai. Steve, yeah, he has the battle with Steve Vai. I think yeah. Steve Vai is. Kind of, I think he's kind of like the devil in that. Yeah, movie. yeah, he is. But it's so cool. It's like this guitar showdown, and I love that and stuff. All so. the guitar work in that movie was actually Steve Vai. So yeah, oh every, for sure. Yeah, but, but, but throughout the, the whole but movie, not Ralph Macchio. I no, think. no, no. <laughs> he probably had someone else. Probably Steve Vai was doing his part too. But so he was. Buddy Guy was 89 at the time you played with him. Yeah. And uh, he turned <laughs> I like this story. The next month. So didn't you ask him, you're like, because you were just supposed to open for him, and you're like, hey, can I come on stage with you? And he just goes, I don't give a shit. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he said, uh, we were in the back room. I got to meet him and, yeah. um, you know, thank him. He was so cool. Like, I, I, you know, I started with, like, thank you so much for the opportunity to open, you know. And yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And he, he didn't want to hear it. So he, <laughs> he, he, he's, like, he's like, come on, sit down. So, so I sat down, and he just said, where are you from? It, was, it happened so quick. He said, where are you from? And I said, Long Beach, California. He said, oh, He's like, John Lee Hooker's from Long Beach. And then I'd seen John Lee Hooker when he was 92 at Celebrity Theater. And I was like, I was like, oh, man. I go, I saw John Lee Hooker uh, you know, at, at Celebrity Theater before he passed away. I go, and the only song that he stood up for was Boogie Chillin'. And Buddy goes, oh, man, Boogie Chillin' is the first song I ever learned on the guitar. Wow. And right then I said, hey, Buddy, I got like, Three rows of family and friends right up front. I go, you think it'd be possible if I could sit in with you on a song? And, he, and then he paused. And it was the longest, like, three seconds of my life. And then he said, I don't give a shit. Let's do it. <laughs> wow. That's that's, cr- that's a pretty ballsy move, though, to, to ask. I mean, what if it backfired? Like, were you, did you think about, did you plan this out ahead of time? Like, or did you just think about that on the spot? I visualized it. Uh, okay. I, I I wanted it to happen uh, before, a, like before, yeah. like days before, weeks before. Uh, the, the the minute that I got the opportunity confirmed, mm-hmm. um, okay. I I visualized it um, coming from the blues roots. Yeah, um, it's just a thing, you know. Like we all jam together, you know. Okay. And and, uh, and so I love Buddy's music so much. He's like a darker style blues, and it mm-hmm. like resonates with my soul. And so yeah. like. Just that, when am I gonna get that opportunity? You know, and um, and if we back it up some, when I asked the ma- so the guitar tech loved me, I asked the guitar tech. The guitar set tech said you had to talk to Max, the manager. Mm-hmm. We went and talked to Max, the manager, and Max said, "No, oh, Buddy doesn't let nobody sit in with him that he doesn't know." And I said, "Okay, no problem at all. You think there's any way I could just meet him and thank him?" And he said, "Okay." <laughs> But then he knew you, so then, okay, there you go. And then, yeah, because, like, that would have been – you kind of put him on the spot because what's he going to say, no? Like, <laughs> Well, and, and what was amazing was not on the video and what doesn't get talked about much, and I, I don't even remember it much. Um, I did that song with him. He featured me on that song. Yeah. Um, and then that song ended. And right. I was playing this red guitar, and I went to take this red guitar off and thank the band. Yeah. Because uh, they were so gracious. To allow the, and they they let you sit in for another 
I, half an hour or something, wasn't it? I played the whole rest of the night with them. Yeah. I was just part of Buddy's band the next 30 minutes until Buddy left. So cool. And then the other guitar player, Rick Jazz, phenomenal guitar player, humble dude. You know, now the band, when Buddy leaves at the end of the night, they're taking their shine. You mm-hmm. know, Keys players taking his solo, bass player taking his solo. Now Rick Jazz is taking his guitar solo. And he invites me up to come play with him again. You know, so they were so humble and gracious. It was such a beautiful experience. That's very cool. Very cool. So besides Buddy Guy, I mean, you didn't actually get to jam with these other bands, but you you played with Gary Clark Jr. You, are you open for him? Or uh, yeah, on or? the Foo Fighters, Gary Clark Jr. tour. Oh. Um, yeah, so if, I, that was a two for one. That was Foo Fighters and Gary Clark. Yeah, and then that was the first time that I got to meet Gary, too. Um, and, and, again, it's just positioning, man, like um, – the people I want to I want to meet and the people I'm inspired by, like I, I try to meet them. So like at that show, I got there so early. Sure, I was sure. completely set up and just waiting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How did you get that gig in the first place? Oh, uh, I don't even know now. It, it's <laughs> it's through. Um, oh, I'm drawing a blank. It's one of the the main. Uh, like, is this something where the, the, the bands reach out and say, we need a local act, and then somebody else... No, it's, inter- it's through the... Um, it's through, like, the... God, I can't think of it right now. Um, it's, like, some big booking company. And like okay, they, booking they, company. they have shows, like... Okay. It's, like, always, like, they run Comerica Theater, and they run Ak Chin. Ah. So, you know, they they were coming through Ak Chin, needed somebody to come in. That's okay. what I do. Like, I was just there for... Um, so, again, this goes back to being in good and... Have being professional, and they know that this guy is going to show up. You know, you're going to put on a good show. You're going to, you know, be professional. And so, yeah, man, awesome. So that reputation helped you land that gig. That one for sure. Yeah, like, yeah. Like they reached out to me, and, and very cool. of course. Yeah. Know. What are you going to say now? <laughs> Did you were you kind of floored when they asked you, like, hey, do you want to open up for the Foo Fighters? Uh, pretty crazy. You know, when you do these a lot, like the opening slots are pretty mellow, and 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 nobody's really there yet. So like, mm. you know. I, I've, I've never, the only time I ever got nervous about anything in my entire life when it comes to music was, was like about a week before the buddy thing. Okay. Because I had been visualizing yeah. being up there. And I and for a brief little bit, I thought, what if I didn't know the key? And what if he throws me the solo and I'm not ready and, yeah. I don't, and I'm fumbling around? And yeah, I was going to ask awful. you, yeah, if, if you got nervous. Like, did you rehearse extra for that or? No. no. I, I, with the whole, like, I don't bring set lists and uh-huh, stuff like uh-huh. that, like, it's it's in the daily work. Sure, you know? sure. Because so yeah. you're doing 300 shows a year, so. Yeah, and, and, and every day I'm practicing vocal runs and practicing guitar stuff and making myself uncomfortable and doing things that I'm not good at. So, like, by doing all that stuff, when I, when I get on stage and I'm playing with my guys, like, it's it's home, you know? Right, so. right, totally. So so there was Foo Fighters and Gary Clark. Um, the Fray, was that? Funny I don't about even that remember that. You remember that one. Yeah. Really? What about In Excess? That's a pretty big band. So that sounds cooler than it was. It's. Do you remember when... Um, was that the when they had the replacement singer? Yes, and okay. they did that whole TV show thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. Uh-huh, to, to hire his singer. Yeah. yeah, and so we opened for that band, and... Um, and it was just a train wreck. He, that guy was, really? That guy was a train wreck. Really? Like there was just lots of drama and issues. Interesting. Is he yeah. still the, the replacement band? I have no idea. Oh, okay. What no was the idea. drama and the issues? Uh, I don't know, but like he was like freaking out and throwing stuff and like really, it was, yeah, it was it, like this was before anybody played, you know, like okay, like, super early. Wow. And it was just uh, it was just huh. 
I don't I don't know what was going on, um, but we, we did what we were supposed to do. Okay. And then uh, we watched a little bit of them, yeah. and then we left. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Well, yeah, because so I was a big fan of, those, of them in the eighties. Yeah, the, I mean, the original, the, the, the iconic. Like, it's hard to replace a singer like thank that. Thank you. Yeah. Or, or yeah, like Scott Weiland or some of these like other bands. Like, it's, I get it. Like, you still want to play those songs and people want to hear it, but that's really hard. Yeah. To, to replace like iconic singers, you know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then, so, so when you opened for Journey, was that, that wasn't, was Steve Perry, was that a replacement singer that as was, well? That was, but, but he kills it. Like, it's that, it's yeah, that like I don't know his Filipino name. Filipino guy? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. And I heard he sounds exactly like Steve Perry. Bro, he is smashing it, bro. Smashing. Like, close your eyes, dude. Like, it don't matter. Yeah. I'm, I, I would, and that's, that's, I would never say that. Right. Like, he murders. No, that's it. everyone I've heard, I've, uh. It's insane. Talk to about it. Has said the exact same thing you're saying right now. So I need to check. Were, now, were you able to meet Journey and on set? No, I, I'm not allowed to to meet or interact with any of them. Really? Yeah. Um, That's interesting because I when I had I talked to a comedian and he said, like whenever he does a show and he opens, like ev- all the comedians are always in the green room together, and it's like it's rare if they're not. So with with bands, it's like they have their own separate dressing room. I have room different then. access too. So like I'm yeah. I'm local. Huh. And they're they're touring. So like. How I met Gary the first time was I was set up so early, and Gary like, Clark Jr. Yeah, yeah. and uh, there's um inside pavilion is where all like the dressing rooms are, mm-hmm. and outside I have access to because I can load in. Yeah, well, that's where their buses come in. Okay, so I just chilled outside. Gotcha. In the heat that's and smart. just waited, you know. Yeah, and then he rolled off the bus. Yeah. Well, and we're gonna talk more about your devotion to meeting people, but uh, the last band that I was gonna ask you about was a oh. uh, train. <laughs> Oh yeah, they were they were they were awesome. Did you get to meet them at all? Or no, no. It, it doesn't happen too often. Okay. Um, and like, I have to be available to like really try to be. Which show early. was it? Was that at auction or? Yeah, most of these are auction. Well, I wonder what year that was because I I went to one of those. So like his his wife is my brother's wife's sister if that makes any sense. So like <laughs> I'll see him occasionally at like oh okay at like so yeah basically like my brother's wife's sister is married to him so like i'll see him at like occasionally at christmas things he's like super down to earth like nice chill guy so that's, that's cool but that sucks that you guys you guys didn't, um, you didn't come over and like i did get to meet uh the guys from 30 seconds of mars oh jared leto and his brother jared leto yeah dude he's a big star i'm surprised yeah. he would meet any like um, not so much it, for his music but not all, as much that, all that's luck too you know what i mean like it's just positioning mm-hmm. you know trying to be there and uh, him and his brother are walking through and you know, said hello, and uh, I gave him a CD, and his his brother, the drummer, was like, who smashes too. Um, he was like, so cool, like, oh. like just like, man, like, really hope like you you move forward in your career, like, yeah. so awesome, like, like hit the brother's vibe was like, so genuine and awesome. That's and, cool. And Jared was super cool too, but like his yeah. brother was so genuine that it just stood out. You know, hmm. that's very cool. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I mean, I like some of his music, but. As an actor, I think oh he's my insanely, yeah. insanely talented. So, very cool. Um, so, with all these bands that you played with, um, I always wondered this. Like, I, I always like to ask musicians this thing because I, I, I'm always fascinated because I was never a rock star or anything or in bands or got to play these cool shows. Like, so there are a lot of. I know you're like, in, are you engaged or married? I'm engaged. Engaged yeah. still. Okay. Uh, was there was there a lot of girls like throwing themselves at you throughout the years being in a band? Like, you're a good looking guy. Like. Um, does that happen a lot or is that just in the, t- in the movies and stuff? <laughs> when, when I, th- I think a lot of it has to do with your vibe. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was single, uh, you know, I would have fun and 
<laughs> for lack of better words, fun was okay. av- fun was available. Sure. Um, but you know, like I don't really get a lot of that, and and I think it's because of the vibe that I put off. You know, like mm-hmm. it, it happens occasionally. Yeah. But straight up, like maybe a handful of times a year, hmm. and I'm playing 300 wow. gigs. You know, hmm. and it, but it, but it's that vibe. You know, maybe there's like situations that could develop into something. Yeah. You know? But like I handle it appropriately, mm-hmm. or like I keep a certain distance. Yeah. You know, um, that most of the times when it's pretty forward. They might be pretty drunk. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, right. they, so then, you know, I, I just maneuver or, or, you know, leave the situation. I'll go use the restroom for a minute. Yeah. I'll come back and I'll, you know, finish doing whatever I was doing. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Yeah. So. No, that's interesting. So I know that you said that you removed alcohol from your life. So is there a story there? Because, I mean, that's got to make it hard playing in all these bars and, and uh, clubs and, that serve alcohol and <laughs> you're not drinking. That's funny. <laughs> You did. You did some good research, bro. <laughs> um, I hear that a lot. I, I don't know. Yeah. Do Do other people not do research when they interview? I, I um, I've just never been researched this in depth. Like. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, or, or maybe take it as a compliment. No, no, okay. no. That's awesome. Or maybe maybe this wide of a spectrum. You, okay. you You're kind of really hitting on a lot of different things, which I, I love. This yeah. is awesome. You know. Yeah. Um. Basically, uh, I, I, you would think. Something terrible happened, and, and, you know, sometimes that's what it takes. But it's been a progression for me over mm-hmm. time. Um, you know, something that drastically changed my life is, you know, uh, let's see. Like 25 months ago, I just got out of prison for a DUI. Oh. Um, and, you know, I fought the DUI for three years in court. Um, it's something wow. that... that I'm not interested in, in talking about at this time sure. uh, just because like, I don't want to get into a, like this, like poor me, like I didn't deserve it or something like that. You right. Know? Right. Um, but what happened was it is I did, I went to prison and, uh, and in prison is where I ran my first marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really kind of changed my, my life. You know, it, mm-hmm. it um, never want to do it again. It was awful. Um, but you know, it's four months of thinking, four months of um, figuring out what, what is important, you know? Uh-huh. And then, um, you know, I got out and moved forward with my life, and I just got to a certain point where it's like, I got too much on the line, and I got too much going on that's positive to not be ready for an opportunity. Uh-huh. And so what it what really drove home to me was, if somebody were to call me today or this morning or tomorrow or wherever, am I ready? Yeah. Am I Or am I hungover? Or am I... You know, you know, not handling my business. So, I made a commitment in my life to get up early every day, to to jog, to swim, to meditate, to say daily affirmations, to read. I hate reading. Uh-huh. I hate getting up uh-huh. early. I hate running. Like yeah. it's crazy. Like, uh-huh. I, but but these are the things that have, have changed my life. Interesting. That reminds me of uh, the guy from Def Leppard, uh, Phil Collin, the guitar player. Oh, yeah. so he was like the same because Def Leppard was they were a pretty hard partying band, but. I know the guitar player, I think they all kind of went sober as they got older, but especially guitar player, he talked about that, how he, he gave up drinking. And then he's like, well, now I had all this like time to do stuff. So he's like, so I started getting up early and he started, uh, uh, running and started exercising. And I think he's, he's also a vegan now, but if you look at him, he's the only like 50 or 60, I don't know how old he, he's an old man. He's playing the guitar with his shirt off and he's ripped. I mean, he's more ripped than I am and I'm like 20 years younger. So it's like. I know that is kind of an interesting thing that uh, I mean, and it can, for, especially from a health uh, perspective, it can definitely make a difference. And it, it was, um, 
it wasn't easy. You no, know, yeah. it, it was uncomfortable to be in bars and not drink. It mm -hmm. was uncomfortable to to be with um, friends and musicians who I was used to drinking with, mm -hmm. um, or bartenders would be like, "Oh, you want? Are you you know whatever it is? You want right. a Jaeger or whatever? You know?" So it 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 has been a. Transition. You get free drinks when you play. Um, a lot of places, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Which so now you just you can you like can I have that money instead? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I know. I know. Can I just get the fifty dollar yeah. tab? You just get him the fifty. Yeah. Um, so it, it, I'm only recently getting to the point where like I'm I'm really enjoying what has been a long process of creating. Mm -hmm. for, for a long time, it it was hard. It was hard yeah. at times, you know. And sure. uh, yeah. Well, that explains too then uh, why you do ride shares everywhere. You don't drive anymore, right? No, I, um, I, f I finally will get my license back in April of next year, and it oh, will okay. have been over six years since I've driven. Wow. Because I fought my case for three years, and then I lost, and then they revoked my license from oh then God. three years. So. That's crazy. So, But you, you were recently in a, in a car accident. So <laughs> are you feeling okay from that? Like everything's uh, a play and everything? I mean, like I, I can't run right now. I can't do any impact exercising. Um, there was a, a couple of weeks where I was in severe pain, like – Basically, uh, I was in uh, I was in the back of a lift. They lost their brakes, slammed into a parked truck, and uh, five days later, I rolled over in bed at 6 a.m. and my neck adjusted, oh. and all of a sudden, just pain. And um, and so you know, I had to lawyer up, and I've been in treatment for six weeks now, and you know, I don't know when that's going to end. Wow! Um, but it's uh, it, it started something else though. You know, uh, I've been researching fasting. And huh. so I think today's the 22nd day in a row I've been fruit fasting um, because fasting is supposed to help your body heal. Oh, okay. Interesting. So digestion know, takes up, that. digestion takes up about 80, 85, 87% of the, of the body's energy. Oh, that's yeah. And like meat, if to digest, digest, uh, digest a piece of meat takes mm -hmm. a lot of energy. So, so if so you just eat fruit? Uh, is that what that, right that's now. what fruit fasting yeah, is? Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm trying to go 30 days, and I'll make wow. it. Wow. So. so you're hungry, though? Or? I mean, yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> they're ups and downs straight up. Yeah. I'm, I'm more uh, irritable at times, you know. Okay. Um, huh. the, the hangry's real. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm getting through it, and, you know, I think that my body is appreciating it. And, yeah. You know. Do you do a lot of smoothies then? Is that Yeah. Okay, that's yes. great. I love yes. smoothies. Awesome. Well, dude, if, if without the smoothie, it'd be even rough. It'd yeah, be way be, rougher. It'll be harder. But so tomatoes, avocados, cool. mangoes, bananas, apples. I that's mean, good, that's good. So, in addition to um, the playing the music, now you also, or you used to. I don't know if you still do um, guitar lessons. You still do that? Uh, not anymore. Not anymore. Okay. Um, there's a super talented uh, young girl. She goes by Jules. Um, uh, I've given her a few lessons recently. Uh, she comes and sits in and plays with me, and she's super talented and super awesome. She deserves nice. the attention, and so. Um, her family asked me, and so we did like, uh, like a, a session, like three weeks in a row, and I, I like taught her some skills that could take to the next level, and then you know we talked about revisiting that down the road. But I haven't done that, like legit teaching in probably like five six years. Oh okay, so so what is your daily routine and habits like? Because I'm looking at your calendar, and it seems like you just have so many shows lined up with the 300. Like you said, you don't really rehearse or practice that much. Is it just with, basically with practicing my, every with night? With my band? Yeah. Uh, or by yourself? Like, do you... Oh, yeah. No, no. I, uh, so part of my, like, morning routine is, you know, I, I, pract I practice the uh -huh. guitar at things I'm not good at, and I practice singing at things I'm not good at. Okay. Um, and so I do that every day. Yeah. Um, 
and then and and I include that with like my morning routine of like reading and right now I'm swimming because I can't run and uh, yeah. stuff like that. So like I every day is my goal is to try to get all of that stuff done by 9 a.m. Wow. So there was another habit that, that was part of your routine. I don't know if you still do this either, but you were talking about how you sent would send out 200 messages one or two times a month to all the venues or people that you wanted to play That's with. That's how I got started. Okay. So um, 200, well, is it emails? or? But well, back then, like Facebook was hot. Yeah. You know, it was pre-Instagram. Okay. And uh, everybody, every like venue and restaurant oh. and casino ever had Facebook pages. Oh. So I drafted like a, a nice, concise, you know, uh, paragraph about who I was. You know, here's a couple of links of what I do. And I would love to play your venue. And then you just cut and paste and I mean I got Facebook, you know, shut me down all the time. No, uh seriously? Yeah, just you know, the guy was copying and pasting too fast and whatever. I didn't know they could do that. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah, interesting. You, but well, that's you, hard. You've never core, blasted man. for a show. Two hundred <laughs> messages. That's crazy. But it worked because I mean you're lined up now. You I mean, look at your calendar, like you're you're busy you're a working musician. That's pretty yeah. cool. So I want to talk more about the persistence, because besides sending the messages to venues, you also you really want to play the rock and roll marathon. Um, so you emailed them a few times and they didn't really respond. And then, <laughs> so you just showed up at their office. Yeah. Like were people calling security when you just showed up at the office? Like, no, uh, uh so the, the first time I showed up at the office, um, <laughs> it was pretty awkward. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and I'm, cause they're like, who is this guy? Like, yeah. You didn't have an appointment or no, anything. No, no, no. Didn't tell him you were coming by. No, no. Um, so I, I just, you know, knocked and walked in. <laughs> but no, what is their office? Is this like a, a small little? Yeah, like, it's like it's like um in in like, like an the old town uh, Scottsdale area, okay. um, and it was like one of those like homes on a main street that's yeah. like an oh, office. Oh, okay. Um, and so the parking was around back. We, we drove around <laughs> the alley. You know, my fiance took me, and I was like, I gotta go. Yeah, take me there. You know, I love the story. And <laughs> so great. So I walk in, and the the main people that I was like emailing yeah. weren't there because they do the rock and roll marathon all over the world. Oh, so they're the one they do rock and roll Vegas, rock and roll okay, Cali yeah. or whatever. So Cause it goes, yeah, they travel. It's so only here once a year. So I went there and a lot of staff was out of town cause it was, I think it was like Thursday or Friday. So they traveled to wherever city they were going to do. Sure. So there was some, uh, a girl in there and you know, she was doing stuff and she's like, uh, hi. And I was like, hey, my name's Lee Pereira. I've been emailing Shelby and uh, about possibly playing at the Rock with my friend. She's like, oh, well, she's not here right now. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, well, you mind if I just, you know, leave a car and you can tell her I stopped by? And she said, yeah. Um, and um, I just still didn't hear anything. And then on my birthday, um, November 30th, I said, she's like, what do you want to do for your birthday? My fiance. I was like, I want you to take me back to the office. <laughs> He went back after the okay, and, all right. And, and straight up, I was like, I'm like, if I got pulled to guilt, like it's my birthday today. <laughs> Come on, that is great. That is genius, though. Wow, so I went I like there. That. I knocked, and the person that I was trying to talk to, Shelby, was there. Uh -huh. She came out, and she said, "Oh my Does god, she remember you?" She just knew the name because uh, I had been e trying to email. Oh, her. okay. So she came out, and she was like, "She's like, oh my gosh, she's like, we've just been super busy, blah blah blah." She's like, yeah. "I was planning on getting back to you today, actually." Oh. She's like, "But we're super interested." In it, and I, th I, I think, yeah, I think it will work out, you know. And, oh. then, and then that was it. Awesome. Wow, that's very cool. So how do you differentiate persistence with annoyance? <laughs> do you ever feel like you've reached that bubble where they're like, ooh, maybe I'm, like, annoying this person? My fiancé helps me with that. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
Aren't yeah. women great for that? Oh, my yeah. girlfriend does the same thing. Like, I'll, she'll tell me, she's like, yeah, you should probably not do that. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. Like, and then I didn't when, know. When I still do it, <laughs> then we realize she was right anyway. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Where were we at? I totally lost it right now. Just about persistence versus annoyance. Um, yeah. I, I think I think being friendly helps. You yeah. know, and being understanding mm-hmm. helps, you know, um, and, and just hanging around, you know, just, just, just being around. Like when I went to the office, like super friendly, cool, awesome. Yeah. You know, like not trying to, whatever, e- every time. Not being pushy. Yeah. Just, okay. yeah, there you go. Not pushy, mm-hmm. but present. Persistent. Yeah. A- and to me, that's somewhere between 10 and 14 days. <laughs> 10 and 14 days in a row or what? Like, what do you mean? Uh, between. Between. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, that's fair. So, like, with all, you had, like, it seems like you're so driven. You have this persistence to be a full-time musician. Um, did you ever just think, because it seems like a lot of people are talented with music, like we said, but th- other things get in the way. But a lot of times, not even necessarily problems, but more just, like, they need to get a job and work. Did you ever think of just, I, I should probably just get a day job and do the music on the side? Like, why were you so hell-bent on, I'm going to do this full-time? And you pretty much achieved that. I mean, you're doing it full-time, but... Did you ever, was there ever a point where you said, Ooh, maybe I just need to, you know, go work on an insurance company and do the, you know, music on the weekends? Nope. <laughs> Very simple. No. Wow. So, and that's, and it's always been that way since basically kind of some, like when you were around a teenager, when you started uh, playing music and bands. So, you know, more and more now just trying to like listen to the universe's signs. Yeah. Uh, Cause they're totally real. Mm-hmm. And, um, the last job I, the last job I had, um, is this the I, call I, I did air quotes on the podcast just in case y'all wondering. <laughs> was uh, this the call center? Cause I got to ask about yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was after college. No, that was before college. Oh, that's, before that's college. what okay. sent me into college. Oh. So I had got laid off, um, uh, from my job and I was unemployed for about nine months. Um, and during that time it was real rough. And, um, I got a call center job. There were three government call center contracts and I got placed on student loans and grants. Mm-hmm. And to do that job, you had to fill out an application for the student grants and loans. So that way you could walk people through it. Mm-hmm. Well, I was unemployed for nine months previously, so I qualified for everything. Qualified yourself. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, the job was horrible. <laughs> and it was summertime. So as soon as, you know, semester started, I put my two weeks in. Nice. Okay. And then so... With that financial, that like paid the bills and stuff. Yeah. So that w- it was a rough, uh, the probably three to four years. So two years I was wow. in college. Um, I mean, s- s- for real, like I, you know, I had my Chevy Tahoe that I was making payments on when I had my regular job. Now I'm, you know, going to school and living off grants and loans. And like, I'm telling you, I parked in this cul-de-sac and it was an apartment complex every now and then you'd hear a tow truck chain hit the ground. And I thought they were repoing my car because <laughs> I, cause I was f- I was floating close, between huh? that like yeah. 45, 60-day window okay. because I was hurting. And that, that's when I was hustling. I was going to school. When I first started going to school, within the first two months, I got my first student mm-hmm. to teach guitar. And I got my first gig. I got a Thursday bistro gig at a place called Mumbles. So I had my first ever regular residency gig, my first ever student. And I was, and it was assigned. And so by the by the end of my two years of school, I was I had over twenty students, and that was because I was wow. re, I was religiously posting on Craigslist twice a week, the same draft, you know. But I yeah. just had a reminder Tuesday and Friday. Every Tuesday and Friday, I 
put this draft out. I post about guitar lessons. Yeah. And then I started that blast thing, and I was gigging three, four, five nights a week and having 20 students and a full-time student in college. Wow. And, and in my fourth semester, I, I went personally to each professor, and I said, hey, I'm going to be dropping out. I really appreciate you all. have changed my life. I wanted you to, to hear it from me. I'm like, but I've got this many students and this many things, and I need to go where the money is right now. Mm, gotcha. Um, and so I'll, you didn't finish your degree, but no. y- you learned enough to do what you want to do, which is music. And, and, yeah. they, and they changed my life and they know it. The, just back in January, I went there and gave a free, actually out of my pocket, I paid my musicians a hundred bucks each because their time is valuable. Um, and they came and, you know, I did a presentation at Phoenix college. Um, we played a few songs. I talked about my life and my journey and how much this college changed my life. Hmm. That's very cool. Yeah. Wow. That's really neat. So, and I know when you played with Buddy Guy, um, I saw a pic of that on, I think it was on one of your social media things, and it was like just before you opened for, or just before you went on stage or whatever, and just said, there was only one word on the post, it just said grateful. And so I've heard a lot of successful people say that's one of the keys to success is having a lot of gratitude. Can you tell me like what gratitude means to you and how that's helped you with your success? Yeah, um... Well, you even posted about that today, too, didn't you? <laughs> all the time. I'm, I'm grateful yeah. every day. Um, there's two things. One, over time, I, I feel like I've learned that um, you can't simultaneously be grateful and upset. And so um, when I am upset, I try to ground myself in gratefulness. Uh, it's all about shifting my mind. Yeah. And, um, you know, when I was running the marathons, um, my body hurt way more when my mind was being negative mm-hmm. and when my mind was positive, uh, my body hurt significantly less. So, um, gratefulness has, has taught me a lot. And to get deep here for a second, um, I lost my only brother to drugs and that's when I learned gratefulness. Hmm. I'm sorry uh, to hear that. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's awful. Um, yeah. but losing him opened my eyes to what I have. And, um, you know, I miss him every day. I wouldn't trade that gratefulness to have him back. Right. But that's when I learned, you know, like, I have a beautiful life. My legs work. I can run. I'm here in this beautiful place with you talking about my life Mm because people are interested in it. Like, how amazing is that? How crazy is that? I have equipment sitting downstairs in in your place right now that costs a decent amount of money. Uh, Yeah, it doesn't look cheap. And. And I've worked for it, and I've earned it, and I'm, yeah. grateful, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. And so I just, when I put myself there, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a better friend, I'm a better fiancé, I'm a better person, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's, it's become very real to me. Mm-hmm. And it, it, that's, there's been so many significant things that have changed my life, you know? And gratefulness yeah. is, is something that uh, is very real to me, and, and it's very deep to me. It, it, it's, it's as deep as it gets. That's very cool. Wow. That was, that was a great answer to that question. <laughs> so now I got to ask you about, um, well, I guess this is kind of like a two-part thing because we got to talk about Ellen and we got to talk about the marathon. So they call you the marathon musician because you ran 16 marathons in 16 days, which sounds cr- like you basically pour, pulled a Forrest Gump. Like you ran from Phoenix to Burbank, yep. like, which is insane to me. Like, I mean, I, I know Forrest Gump ran across the country, but I think, you I'm know, sure before going I, 420 I miles. Happen. What? I'm sure before I pass, that'll happen. Oh, really? You can do the full the full country. I just there's a lot of crazy ideas in my head now. I and I don't I don't doubt you for a second. I think <laughs> you'll do it. So 
you did this so because you wanted to to get on the Ellen show, right? So that there's a, a a few different aspects. So like, I really dig Ellen. Like that's just the truth. Like mm-hmm. she is so positive and so funny, and that's what this world needs. And it's so cool. Like you know, if you want a, a great steak, I'm gonna go to Ruth Chris. You know, um, if I want to feel good, if I want to laugh, I can go to Ellen. And like I really dig that. And like from where I've come from in my life, single mom, alcoholic family, who she's sober and beautiful now, and we have a great relationship. Um, but I came from a lot of darkness, you know, and uh, and she's a lot of light, huh. and I really appreciate that. And so um, she's helped her, her inspiration. Uh, this thing called a panda planner that keeps me accountable every day. And this commitment to to bettering my life is what's changed everything. And so, mm-hmm. you know, as a musician, always looking for, like, you know, what, what would be an awesome opportunity? Like, I don't think of there's any opportunity that could possibly be better for me than Ellen because she's inspired me so much. And so it would be my dream to meet her. And so what I did was uh, one day I was like, well, man, she inspired me so much. Like, I'm just going to hop on her website and look around. Like, I don't, whatever. And so on her website, there's, like, a link that takes you, and it's like 15 different things of like, if, if you know a teacher who's so awesome and deserving to have her student loans forgiven or like paid off, uh-huh. like, tell us about it. Submit here. Did your dog or cat do something crazy? Submit it here. <laughs> and then okay. there was one that said, do you want Ellen to make your dreams come true? Oh. And I was like, yeah, dude. <laughs> hell yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, and um, I was like, well, "What the hell am I gonna do?" You know, right. I, I don't know what. Let me just tell her, like, "Hey, my name is Lee. Like, right. I think you're awesome. Can mm-hmm. can we hang out?" And so I started submitting. So every day, I think it's like September 13th or something like that. Uh, I started, and every single day, I did a video blog of what I was doing that day, and I submit. I went on our website and I submitted. Um, and I you know, wrote why I want to be on there. I did this video blog, and, and, and all the video blogs are on my YouTube. Yeah, I saw some of them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some days I was exhausted, bro. And, so, and I'm like, oh, Ellen. Like, you know, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm like the couch yeah. laying down with my dog. And other days, you know, I was donating my time at an Alzheimer's or a dementia facility or donating my time to the Arizona Cancer Foundation, you know. Uh-huh. And it's like it also started making me aware of what I was doing. It started making me aware of the impact I was already having. And so all this stuff started spinning. And uh, on New Year's Eve, I had this idea to get her attention. I'm like, and I said it on my, my blog. I'm like, maybe I'll just run to Burbank. <laughs> and this was on New yeah. Year's Eve. And, and huh. I, I told my fiance, and she's like, okay, you know. And then, you know, three months later, I was doing it. And I continued that everyday thing throughout that process. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my goal was to raise a million dollars. For four charities, uh-huh. hers being one of them, because uh, she inspired this whole thing. Right. I didn't take a dime from anything. Um, we raised over fifteen thousand, and um, you know, I just handed out my the third check. I still have the check for her, hmm. um, and uh, I'm not going to hold it hostage forever. I've just kind of been letting it play out as it's been playing out. I, I gave a check to uh-huh. Crystalis, and I gave a check here, and so I just gave out the third one and. Um, so now it's the fourth one. I know her, her next season's starting in like nine days or something like that. And, you know, I, I believe dreams come true and I, b- I believe in persistence. And, mm-hmm. Um, 
No, that's we'll very that's very cool. So, what do your feet feel like after running <laughs> or walking on pavement all day? And then at the end of the sixteen days, was that? I mean, did you get a foot massage at the end of that? No, or? don't touch them. Oh my God, don't please touch don't them. touch them. It was all blistered up and stuff. No, just um, well, I mean, the last two days were the worst. Um, I learned real quickly, softer ground was much nicer. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so when I really got closer to Burbank and I was in the city and having to run on the concrete more, um, it, it hurt. And yeah. uh, uh, the last two days, you know, when I got home, uh, actually the last little bit, uh, last three days, four days, we stayed with my mom. She lives in Long Beach. Okay. Um, and, you know, those the la- day 15 and 16, like, it felt like I wanted to throw up if I oh, stood that, up. Yeah. yeah so you had a system with your girlfriend where you would go – the 16 miles, and then she would pick you up at a checkpoint, and then you guys, what, get a hotel or something? Um, so the first part of it looked like I left my front door. I ran 27 miles. She she picked me up um, at that checkpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, we went home. I iced bath. She fed me. Like, like she literally took care of me. Um, and then, you know, the next day, she'd drive me out to that checkpoint 27 mm-hmm. miles away. Mm-hmm. I'd run another, whatever that day called for, 26 okay. or 28. Some days yeah. were different. Um, and then, you know, then she picked me up again. So at the f- that round day six, it's kind of like a tipping point. You know, she, yeah. she's doing hours and hours yeah, of driving now. That's true. Um, driving out there, driving mm-hmm. back, driving back to get me, then driving so, back. And then there was one point where you decided for whatever reason you go, ah, I'm not going to take the regular route. I'm going to take a detour. And you went like, I don't know, what was it? 10 or 15, 20 miles, five miles out. Of, you went out of the way I, and your girlfriend was, or your fiance was waiting for you. And she didn't, you didn't have cell service or she didn't have cell service. Yeah. So you're like four hours late to the checkpoint. Uh-huh. Did she like basically murder you with, after that? Or uh, <laughs> <laughs> she, um, so the, 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 the reason I turned is, intuition again like i don't know I, I was going through the san Bernardino mountains where i was supposed to turn on this other trail it just literally looked like <laughs> camelback on steroids okay. with snow at the top all right and i wasn't expecting that yeah. i didn't do no like you know tour to make sure what these routes look like yeah. i didn't have time for that and so you know i, I decided to go a different way um, did you know the way like did you use a, a gps or a oh, map yeah okay. so like i just searched through awesome. on the map and i was like that that is the way i'm supposed to go but that doesn't look safe or, or right okay. to me. Yeah. Uh, it was like uh, dusk, you know, and it's just oh. like, oh, man, I'm a Cali boy, Arizona yeah. boy. I don't know about snow. I don't know. I'm not familiar with the trail. Right. This could go okay. bad. And so if I went 12 miles more that way, I get to Big Bear, and and there was um, residential, you know? Oh. So, like, I felt safer. Safer, sure. Um, but then I got there, and she doesn't have service. And, like, our whole thing was, like, don't leave the checkpoint. Okay. Like, let me come to you because then if you're looking for me and I get there and right. I'm, I'm hurting okay. and devastated sense, from yeah. like the day and like, right. like just, just trust me. And, and, um, she must've been freaking out. Uh, <laughs> so, so, you know, first hour, yeah. trust the universe. Yeah. yeah Second sure. hour, a little word. Third hour, freaking out. She drove back down the mountain an hour to get service. She got service when I was 0.3 miles away from the checkpoint. Oh. So then she raced back. She had to, Spend another hour driving up, and I waited for her. And okay. That day, I went f- over 45 miles. Wow. Yeah. Dang. That's and, crazy. And what's crazy dude. is when, when your mind has to do it. Yeah. Like, it sucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I just can't even imagine. I mean, I hate running so much. I like swimming. I can swim. I can. That's kind of my thing. When I run, 
for there's like the psychological thing for me where I just go, I hate running. I hate running. I hate, and I keep, and I, I don't mean to tell myself that, but I just go, oh, I hate this. I hate, I hate this. I, and it just like, it's like goes on a loop in my mind. So that's crazy to think 45 miles. It's just insanity to me. So that there must be a, like the, uh, what do you call it? Those things that kick in the endorphins or whatever. Right. And it just it, powers and you through. Right. When, when you're running for a, a purpose or a reason. So like, yeah. obviously there are days that, you know, I'm running for kids with cancer and mm-hmm. I'm running for people who have been abused and stuff. And yeah. so, um, I definitely tapped into the reasons, you know? Mm-hmm. And so on that day, it was rough because like I knew she was stressing. How could she yeah. not be stressing? Definitely. You know what I mean? Now it's pitch black night. Like we, when she called me, um, and I was almost at checkpoint, it was like 1145 at night. So we're on a mountain road, darkness, you know, of course she's worried, you know? And like, man, in those moments, like there was times where I obviously could have been scared and I obviously could have been in a I'd be freaking out. Yeah. (laughs) And I had the, the thing that really brought me back was I was doing something to better the world. Right. Perfect. So then the, then I needed to trust that the world had my back. And you know what? It did. There you go. It worked out. Well, very cool. Well, um, I also want to talk. Uh, we kind of got off track because I and it's my fault because I just that's this oh, other stuff. Dude, is I'm so, a rambler, bro. Your life is like so interesting to me. Um, but you do have a new album out. Um, it's called uh, "What's That Got to Do with My Dreams." Yeah. It's recorded in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, I think the new songs and tell me if I'm wrong, but I th- it kind of has like a Jack Johnson feel to it, or some of it does. Yeah, yeah some of it. Um, it's playing on over a hundred stations across the country. Yeah. Um, and then I want to ask you about this. So you said something about there was some placement contracts, like 14 for TV, including NASCAR and the Kardashians. Did any of those actually come to fruition? I, I, the thing with those is I don't know. So like okay. y- you, what they do is they, they clear music for seasons. So mm-hmm. um, my understanding of it is that when they're filming and, and editing and doing this stuff, the very last thing they do is place music in the episodes. Mm-hmm. No matter what yeah. it is, so they buy the music before, yeah, and do you get so you get paid. So then I get paid on the back oh. end. Oh, you get and you get paid on the back end. So before they, if so I they, was a big artist, yeah, I would get paid on the front end. Oh, so you only get paid if they actually use it. Yep. Oh, yep. And and then I don't know they use it until I get my. Uh, I think it's like every six months I get a report from ASCAP, oh. and then I'll see. Okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. That's actually, so cool. I should, I should really. Look into that because yeah. I would like to see. <laughs> that would be cool though if you you know I'm not a Kardashians fan, but I know my girlfriend is. So if she saw you know saw your music and that'd be pretty neat. Yeah. Um, and I was just um, I was in Chattanooga in June. Yeah. Uh, recording three new singles. One of them will come be coming out this year for sure. Awesome. Well, do you want to play a song now? I know we're getting a little short on time, but you think we have time sure. to? Yeah, of course. Do a tune. You want to hear the new single? Whatever you want to play, man. Yeah. Whatever you want to promote. Um, I think uh, there was a uh, one of them was called. I think it was a puppets. Yeah. Yeah. That's one. Is that the new single or no, no. I mean like I recorded. Oh, this is, the, this is even, no, it's not been even released. This oh. would be the first time. It's okay. This been. is world premiere on this the Chuck shoot podcast. Yeah. It's amazing. All right. Yeah. So this, uh, this song's called doctor's orders. Okay. Let me turn your guitar up here. Maybe I should turn my mic down. So I don't ruin it. <laughs> um, yeah, this is called doctor's orders. I just recorded in June. Uh, in Tennessee and uh, be oh. coming out later this year. Is that was also at Chattanooga? Yeah. Okay. Um, awesome, awesome team out there. Um, super humble, talented people there. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed and grateful to work with them. Um, and a little spin, 
and I didn't realize it till we recorded. I did three songs, but mm. this song in particular, this is the first song that was written in prison that is going to be recorded and released. Oh, very I cool. I wrote 20 songs when I was in there. Wow. Okay, let me, I'm going to get my uh, phone out. I think I'm going to take video of this too so we can have it for the YouTube channel. Small town, starving eyes Barely making rain in my city apartment You know, 20 out of 10 I'm number one in every department Some nights you're the only one at the bar While your man's the only one singing songs Every night you're the only one at the bar Because I only had eyes for one You found me, found me praying Now you got me, you got me raising I said, babe, babe, I need you on daily Doctors, authors, and the all of the prescription of you Sexy or formal, I want friction with you Jeans and boots on gowns and suits I'm never holding back, I'm pushing through Doctors, authors, and the all of the prescription of you Sexy or formal, I want the friction with you Jeans and boots on gowns and suits I'm never holding back, I'm pushing through But did you have a clue? I'll be the only one to earn your love. Or was it too noon? World premiere. From long walks to mumbles. Some not to add the all of some just to crumble. Scrape knees and stumbles. Alone from the bank, we're strong, we stayed humble. The cream of the crop, the queen of my heart. I love the never end, so grateful. Let us start, let's turn off them lights. And let's play in on top. Doctors, authors, and they all are the prescription of you. Sexy or formal, I want the friction with you. Jeans and boots on, gowns and suits, I'm never holding back. I'm pushing through. Doctors, authors, they all are the prescription of you. Sexy or formal, I want the friction with you. Jeans and boots on, gowns and suits, I'm never holding back. I'm pushing through, but did you have a clue? I'll be the only one to earn your love. Or was it so known? foundation all for hands created we built this foundation all for hands created said we built this foundation all for hands created yes they did yeah let's start off them lights and let's play in the dark Doctors, authors, and they all are the prescription of you. Sexy or formal, I want friction with you. Jeans and boots or gowns and suits, I'm never holding back. I'm pushing through. Doctors, authors, they all are the prescription of you. Sexy or formal, I want that friction with you. Jeans and boots, gowns and suits, never holding back. I'm pushing through, but did you have a clue? I'll be the only one. Did you have a clue? I'll be the only one. Uh, well, did you have a clue? I'll be the only one to earn your love. Or was it so new? Wow. Okay, hold on. I got to stop the video here. Oh, oh dang. Cool. <laughs> Woo! It's a party. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm back. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, that was awesome, dude. Dang. Okay, so I take it back. I retract my original statement about Jack Johnson because 
that was way better than anything I've ever heard from Jack Johnson. So <laughs> Whoa, okay. that was like moving, man. I was like, I couldn't help but move to that. Cause like some of your songs are a little slower, kind of more relaxing music. That was like, that was like jamming, man. I was like, that's like the song that you, you see like, uh, you know, the, the people at Cashmere's, I could see them like getting up and like dancing to that, you know, yeah, like man. everyone's like kind of chilling out and then you play that and everyone's just going to get up there and make it like, I'll be the, doing the white guy dancing and <laughs> stuff. And we'll uh, be, we'll be playing that tonight. Yeah. yeah I'm, I might be actually coming, you know, if that's cool. I don't Of course. Okay. Yeah, I'll put you on, I'll put you on the list. <laughs> There's a list. Uh, I mean, each band member can put two people on the list so you don't have to pay to get in. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or that, you could probably carry your guitar in and that'd probably work too. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I can help you. Um, Okay, very cool. Well, geez, that's 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 awesome. So, um, I don't know how much time do we? Have? I don't want to. Uh, do we have time for another song or whatever you want? We could do like you know, uh, like another five minutes or so. We could talk a little more. We could do another song. Whatever you want. Well, one thing I do, we always uh, bring up the charities at the end. Um, you kind of already hit on some of them, but you actually had like four charities that I uh, that I was uh, researching. So I don't know if you want to talk at all. I think and tell me if I did the research right. But is it Arizona Healthcare Foundation? Yeah. Arizona Cancer for Children. Um, the Diane Fossey Gorilla Fund, the, the, the Ellen sponsors, yeah. and then there's something for domestic violence. I don't Chrysalis. Know sure. What's it called? Uh, the, the foundation is called Chrysalis. Okay. Um, and um, they're a wonderful foundation. I'm, all of them are. All okay. Of them, I mean, they do incredible, incredible, world-changing, life-changing stuff. Um, mm -hmm. all, all four of them. And um, Chrysalis in particular, uh, I just had a meeting with them. Um, I haven't even really talked about this yet, but, um, you know, Somebody suggested me that I should start a nonprofit, um, and I'm going to do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, because you don't have enough on your plate. You know, uh, you, what's one more thing? Yeah, um, <laughs> because uh, also, even more importantly, after I was done with this, um, a friend of mine texted me, and they said uh, how amazing uh, it was for me to you know, run 16 marathons in a row for charity. Mm -hmm. um, super awesome. But the thing that really got to me is they said, I hope you choose to continue to inspire. And it really hit me. Um, and it, it sent my life for the couple months after the marathon into, like, real contemplation that I had never experienced before. I've always had a passion for music, and that was where I was going in my life. Um, yeah. But now I realize um, that my passion is music, and that will never go away. But my purpose is obviously inspiration because I got so many messages from people. There's a little girl named Peyton who's got cancer who was texting me while I was running, like, this is so wow. much. This is so much more than me now. Yeah, absolutely. And so, by starting a nonprofit, one, um, we won't be letting what I did die. Yeah, it'll live on forever. But also to help me raise funds to do things again. And I just decided again, another world premiere. Um, we're gonna do it again. So you're gonna run to Burbank again? Uh, we didn't. My yes, March, <laughs> Mar same time frame. Sometime March, April next year. We don't know exact dates yet. Yeah, I'm gonna do it again. And um, you know, we didn't meet the objective. The objective yeah. was to raise a million dollars for these amazing charities. Yeah. And my personal I mean, fifteen thousand dollars is a lot of money. It, no, no, I, sure. I'm not saying that didn't. Yeah. But and you know, my dream is to to meet Ellen, to hand yeah. her that check personally. Right. And so, uh, isn't it also one of your goals is to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame too? Right. Yeah, yeah. man. Awesome. I mean, I like, like how you just have these goals and you're like, and you decide, and I think you're going to get there when you have something um, that you can see. Not only, man, I've been real into this concept, right? So, like, every day we're grinding towards something, right? Yeah. And, like, I'm on the grind, and I embrace the grind. I love it, right? But you can also attract something. You can also pull something. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm in the process of, of trying to do. And 
So I want to do this again. Um, somebody I really look up to, David Goggins, um, says, you know, it's amazing for a man to go into deep waters once uh -huh. and, and feel that. But it's a whole different man that decides to go back in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're a little crazy. I, I kind of oh, like hell it. Yeah. I love it. Hell yeah. It's awesome. Like, you got to be. But yeah. it, it, was a, it was a transformative experience for me, too. And I knew yeah. that going in. I didn't know what it would be, but it would have to be, right? Because right. there were days I was crying. There were days I was hurting. There were days I, what, I don't want to be out here doing this. And that's what that girl Peyton texted me, the little girl with cancer. Yeah. She texted me, thank you so much for what you're doing. Me and all these other kids in this unit are in pain, and it's not our choice. Mm -hmm. But you're choosing to go do this for us. And, like, yeah. Dude, that was a day I was struggling, bro. Yeah. I was really struggling that day, and that text came through. Then you, you definitely can't give up on the cancer kid. I mean, she, I mean no, you feel dude. so guilty. And her whole yeah. family has been, like, super cool. Like, yeah. that experience, like, I feel like we're friends now. That's very yeah. cool. Yeah, awesome. Well, do you want to do another song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, My stand fell off the stairs. No. I don't know if you guys heard that bang, but so, let's uh, see. so it might be a little shaky here. Uh, I need to get a better tripod here. But Let me think. Uh, I need like the Jeopardy music here. While you I know, I know. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know what. Well, I'll do the one that pops in my head. Okay. So uh, this the title track off the album. Okay. Um, it's on Spotify. Please follow me on Spotify. You'll find out when um, my new singles come out. Okay. But uh, this is the title track off the album. The yeah. It's called "What's I Got to Do with My Dreams," and you know what it means to me is like despite the stuff that goes on in life. Uh, Still get up and you got to handle what you got to handle. You got to move towards your dreams. So. What's that got to do with my dreams? What's that got to do with my dreams? Tuesday morning, open my eyes, coffee table, ain't no surprise, still that pile of bills, and it's weighing on me, miss my youth, I felt carefree, southwest gas and a city tax, huh? paying back student loans in the IRS, Verizon bill, APS, Minimum payment, top of enslavement. Yeah. Citizens content to just be one of the sheep. Nobody no longer uses the eyes to see. But what's that gotta do with my dreams? What's that gotta do with my dreams? Life tries to take away everything that means everything to me. What's that gotta do with my dreams? Next morning, no time to digest a leaky water pump, a failed omissions test. Every day gets harder. Try to stay above water. There's a crack tube in my blues, Junior. Every day something breaks, the dollars get fewer. There's a rumor that the future is 
It's going down, but what's that got to do with my dreams? What's that got to do with my dreams? When life tries to take away everything it means, everything to me. What's that got to do with my dreams? How much flesh will they take before casting me away? My soul's been pushed overboard, yeah. There's a feeling you'll get when surrounded by carnivores. And your money's all gone, but there's still things to pay for. What's that gotta do with my dreams? What's that gotta do with my dreams? When life tries to take away everything it means, everything to me. What's that gotta do with my dreams? I said, What's that gotta do? What's that gotta do with my dreams? Thank you, man. Oh, that was really good. Wow. I'm loving this, man. This is going to be great. I, I, I definitely, if I don't go to the show tonight, I'm definitely going to catch you. I'll be there again next Friday. I think that's, I'm trying to figure out how I started following you in the first place. I must have seen you perform and then went to your Facebook and I was like, oh, I'm going to follow this guy. I love live music. And yeah, uh, dude, me too. It's, so, it's so cool that you perform all over the valley. So if you're in Arizona, in the Phoenix area, definitely check him out. Um, he's everywhere. He's basically yeah. played every live music venue. If you don't know where live music is, just go to his Facebook and, or his uh, <laughs> website, and you can find out where he's playing. There's going to be live music almost every night. So yeah. very cool. I mean, you've done a lot from uh, jamming with Buddy Guy to running 16 marathons in 16 days. Um, you still need to get on the Ellen Show. And like I said, the ultimate goal is a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, but again, we, you can check your uh, website for uh, tour dates, Facebook. You're, I think you're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and My, MySpace now. <laughs> Probably not MySpace. There, there, there's something floating around from the old band there. Yeah, probably. I, I couldn't re tell you the. I, I, I couldn't get in that account if I tried. Yeah, but tonight is Cashmere's, yeah. um, and it looks cool like band. looks like uh, I noticed that Esteban plays there a lot. Did you ever meet him? Uh, I, I I've done an event where I was playing right after him at the Hyatt. Oh, okay. Um, and I know that they're doing something special at Cashmere. I um, I kind of want to see him. What What was funny is I I was there. Doing a gig, uh, I was doing like a happy hour thing at Cashmere's, yeah. and he was just wrapping up, um, doing a, a sound check and checking out the space because uh, Cashmere's has new owners and they've really oh. done some nice things with it, and um, he really liked it. And dude, he's he's such like a humble, down to earth guy. Like you, you never know what to expect with people. You yeah, know? I mean, the dude like was holding the door open for my drummer, and like he's just wow. such a nice guy. That's very cool. Very yeah. cool. All right. Well, is there anything else that you want to promote? Um, that I, I, your music's on Spotify too, and that's probably the biggest thing. ITunes yeah, like, like follow me stuff. on Spotify. Yeah. Um, then you'll get notified. Um, that song I played, Doctor's Orders, will be coming out later this year, and, and I, cool. I did record two other singles. So, um, oh. what's going to happen for me and my business plan? You know, always got something sort of plan. Is I recorded three singles, mm -hmm. um, and as soon as this Doctor's Orders drops, I don't know when yet. 
Um, I'm waiting for the final mix. But once that drops, that's going to start a, a new thing for me. And when that starts, every three months, I'm going to put out a new single. Yeah, that's that's the times we're living in. It used yeah. to be the singles with the Beatles and stuff, and then it moved to the albums, yeah. and now it's going back to the singles. So yeah. that's the way to go. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, eternally grateful for you coming on the show and performing and telling us all your personal stuff. That was, like, really fascinating to me. Um, and I, I apologize for keeping you a little bit longer than I said I would, yeah. but we're going to get you to the show. And uh, is there anything else? No, man. I, I'm just that uh, I'm, I'm super grateful, too, man. Okay. Th thank you for reaching out and for having me, man. Yeah, thanks again for being on. All right. Thanks, Lee.